0: As you know, the law in Canada is being changed so that medical professionals cannot be charged if they assist someone in dying, with certain limitations. It's called medically assisted dying, and it includes what most of you would know as euthanasia and assisted suicide. This made me think of the fact that our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms says that all Canadians have three inherent rights, life, liberty, and security. In the United States, you know them as your inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I've been thinking, what happens when one of those basic inherent rights goes up against another? If all three are equal in importance, what do you do when my right to security or liberty goes up against your right to life? Well, it's very simple. That's because while these three are equal in importance, they are not fundamentally equal. That means that one of them is more fundamental than the other two. Think of a house. It needs a foundation, walls, and a roof. All three are equally important. Without a roof, a house is not a house. Without walls, it's not a house. But can you have walls without a foundation? Can you have a roof without walls? So in that sense, the foundation is more fundamental than the walls and the roof. It's not more important, but it's more fundamental. In the same way, the walls are more fundamental than the roof. That's because without a foundation, you can't have walls. And without walls, you can't have a roof. It's the same with life, liberty, and security. You can't have liberty and security without life. And you can't have security without liberty. So life is the more fundamental of the three. And liberty is more fundamental than security. So life should always win. When any right to liberty or security goes up against the right to life, life should always win because it is more fundamental. No wonder why the church has a preferential option for life. I'm Deacon Pedro and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro, and welcome to an all new Salt and Light Hour. Sitting here with me, as always, is Emily Calan. Hi, Pedro. Emily, not Calen, but Calan. Calan, Calan. I'm excited, uh, Emily, because I was going to call you Stephanie, uh, <laughs> because I got a <laughs> haiku so from excited. Stephanie. Yes. Stephanie B on Twitter, she goes, at, she's at Furian Hound. I'm not sure what that refers to, hmm. but Stephanie on Twitter wrote, My Lord is my strength. He has healed my depression. I proclaim him king. Wow. And you know what? I'm just thinking people are listening to, to the show, and they haven't heard the show in like a month, and they're wondering, what what's, going on? what's going on? Why are we doing? So yeah. I've been doing haikus. So for about a month now, um, we've been doing haiku prayers. So Emily did uh, shared one last week that I can't remember. I don't know if you, I don't know, you, you, I don't you don't know remember I do it. Remember. You haven't been praying with it. No. No. Um, and, and Other things, but <laughs> and, and last week uh, we received like 14 from a whole catechism class in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and so I'm excited now with the, with the haiku the, the Haiku prayer. So that was this is again from Stephanie on Twitter. My Lord is my strength. He has healed my depression. I proclaim him king. It's very nice. thank you Stephanie. And then uh, Nicholas Modelski, uh, Nicholas on Facebook shared one as well. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, fountain of boundless mercy, teach us to love all. Mm. I like that very mm-hmm. much. Thank you, Nicholas, on Facebook. Um, so uh, uh, for those of you that want to participate, it's very easy. A haiku has three lines. First line is? Five. Five syllables. Second line is?
1: Seven. Seven and syllables. The third one is five again, And right? then five
0: syllables at the end. So five, seven, five, um, and it's a prayer. So um, maybe that will help people um Come up with some prayers that are personal that they can remember (laughs) and and pray. Um, Today on the show, Emily, we have Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. Uh, He's back on the program. He's going to tell us something good that's happening in Hollywood. That's in about 10 minutes after we do news with you, Emily. And then on Connect 5 today, Sebastian is speaking with Jim Triggs. You probably don't know who that is, but have you heard of the St. John's Bible? the St John's Bible. Yes, she's yeah. not. I like should I say yes or yes, no? <laughs> yes. The St John's No, you know, once I describe so the St John's Bible is the first handwritten and it's called illuminated Bible. It doesn't mean that it's illuminated yes. with but it's like it's got all the the, the paintings and the the artwork. It's yeah, really intricate, beautiful. It, beautiful artwork, exactly, yeah. and it's done by hand. And yes. I don't know how many copies there are around the world, probably not very many, but there is a a whole institute dedicated to the heritage of the St John's Bible and Jim Triggs is the director of the Heritage Program for the St. John's Bible. Um, so Sebastian's going to be speaking with him about the St. John's Bible, I presume, <laughs> um, on Connect 5 today. And then in our second half hour, um, I, I love this, Sister Mary Leah Hill has a new book called Blessed Are the Stressed.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, I should read that. Yes, book. you should. Yeah. <laughs>
0: blessed are the stressed. Secrets to a happy heart from a crabby mystic. <laughs> and that's Sister Leah uh, Leah Hill. She she calls herself a crabby mystic. Can't so. say I
1: feel really blessed <laughs> when I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but there you go. So she yeah. so you need to read the book and listen to the interview yes. and she's going to show us how we can even though in our stressfulness we can be blessedful. As well, I'm sure a lot
1: of people will be able to relate.
0: Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. That's in our second half hour. And then we're going to end the program with an interview. I spoke with uh, Father Robert Gallia from Australia about a month or six weeks ago. Well, he was in California. He's in Australia, so it's very hard to kind of do the the phone interview with the time change. Um, So we take advantage when he's in North America. He was in the United States earlier in the year um, in February. So we spoke, uh, kind of catch up to see where he was with the two new albums. He was working on a dance album. A dance Like album. for nightclubs. So um, we're looking forward to, actually, uh, I, I know what it is because I already spoke to him and I have a song that we're going to play at the end of the show and it's going to get everybody dancing, if you like that sort of music. Um, but we're going to start with something that's a little not at quite as, because he has another album that's more of an acoustic album that just came out. It's called Something About You. So this is Father Rob Gallia to set us out for today's show. Father Rob Gallia with Love That Never Fails from his new album something about you your grace is
2: invading
3: your truth is unchanging your love now revealing a love that never fails our eyes now are turning our hearts here they're burning your presence is stirring a love that never fails and in everything we see your Majesty by your love serve you send us now bring justice love that never fails and in everything we see your majesty we're captivated by your love
0: Father Rob Gallia with love that never fails yeah. from his new album Something About You, and we're going to be speaking with uh, Father Rob in our second half hour. But first, Emily, you're still here with our news. So I don't know about you, because you obviously follow Catholic news. You think that yeah. I would follow <laughs> Catholic news, but completely <laughs> taken by surprise that it's the Pope I'm is here now. The <laughs> Pope is doing like this major event on Sunday with youth. Yes, And I thought, whoa! So tell me about that. Jubilee for youth.
1: A jubilee, yes, a jubilee event of the youth. So actually throughout the whole year of mercy, the Pope has been, or these events have been organized in the context of the Jubilee Year of Mercy. And so he, for example, um, on April 17th, he ordained... Uh, the priest and they called it, you know, the jubilee, uh, the jubilee day, or I you know, see. of
0: the priests. Okay, so it's jubilee because it's the jubilee year of mercy. Exactly. So he's having all these jubilee these events. special I events. <laughs> <laughs> you think I, 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 know this? Thank it's you for okay. explaining. Now that. you're
1: on the same page, which good, is good. good. Me it's and still, all our it's still listeners. Still early in we're, the year. Yeah. yeah okay, good.
0: So he had this jubilee for for young the people. youth yes.
1: yeah for young people so teenagers between the ages of 13 and 17 which is you know really cool because um, I mean it was just there's beautiful images it's really too bad that on the radio like I can't share images with those uh, no but you can tell you people to listening. go to our website saltandlighttv.org yes, exactly. and they yeah. can watch or follow the... us on Twitter yes. because there's yes. pictures yes. there that we posted there. on there Twitter um, yeah so there was a three day event with the youth and they were in Rome they got to cross the, uh, the Holy Door of Mercy at St. Peter's Basilica they had this huge huge um like rally at uh, Rome's Olympic Stadium on Friday about okay. 70,000 youth gathered there uh, there was music and the pope sent a video message so you know he was you know he participated in, in different ways mm-hmm. throughout the whole the whole weekend um but uh, so he sent a, a video message you know and he was saying that you know he was t- telling the youth to place themselves where they can get a signal, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, okay. you know, cause he used like the image of a phone. So he yes. said, you know, you have your phones. And if you have a phone, but you have no signal, right. then what's the point of having a phone? Right. So he said, well, our life is like that, you know, our signal is Jesus. And so if we uh-huh. don't place ourselves in a place where we could have, you know, contact with Jesus, then right. we're kind of like a phone without a signal. That's so good. we need him. It's vital. He's mm-hmm. vital to our lives. And, uh, and then, well, on the Saturday, so the second day of their um, of their three day event, um, about a hundred thousand youth, um, or maybe a little less than that. Sorry, but that's that's how many were there um, for the mass. For the next yeah, for, for the Sunday. The day, yeah. But on the Saturday, so there was a reconciliation event in St. Okay. Peter's Square, and about one hundred and fifty priests were there to um, hear confession, nice. give the sacrament of reconciliation, and. And while, uh, while this was all happening, the Pope arrived nice. and sat down in the middle of St. Peter's Square with all the other priests and heard confessions from 16 of the youth. That's great. And so those are the images, actually, that I kind of want people to see okay. because they're really, really moving, you know? And, uh, and, and so it was just beautiful. So he got to hear confessions and... Um, you see the smile on their faces. I can't imagine being there and being one of the youth Mm -hmm. (laughs) sitting in front of the Pope. Um, And then well, on the Sunday he celebrated mass with all of them. And, um, you know, he was saying things to them like happiness cannot be bought. You know, sometimes we look at the movies or latest fashions and we think that those are the things that will bring us happiness and Mm -hmm. that'll give us worth and give us our identity. But really like it, it, it's not that, you know, and um, he says, um, he says, true love also is free. Um, you know, it's talking about relationships that sometimes, you know, we're maybe tempted to like to take or to possess things or people, but true love is free. Right. Um, so those are just like tidbits from the whole weekend yes. with the youth. I'm, I feel like I could go on and on about this event, but uh, you can definitely find out more about it on our blog, yes. uh, on our Twitter page as well. Um, okay. So, yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. Now quickly, uh, yes. there's a new Archbishop of Havana. Or, so or yes, where? exactly. Yes.
1: A new Archbishop of Havana in Cuba. So the previous one was Cardinal Jaime Ortega, uh-huh. who was there for 35 years wow. serving as the Archbishop of Havana. And uh, and so now it'll be um, Archbishop Garcia Rodri- Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> so García he has a very Rodriguez. long, long name. So I'm going to keep it to the, just those two. Okay, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and so uh, Cardinal Jaime Ortega was retiring uh, for reasons of mm-hmm. age. And okay. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: So I guess the new Archbishop of Cuba, and eventually, I guess he will once. Oh, you can't have two cardinals even if one's retired. So, so at some point, this new Archbishop might be made cardinal. We'll yes. see. And then, lastly, there's some information about the cause for Dorothy Day.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, there's there was news that came out um, from the Archdiocese. Archdiocese of New York uh, a few weeks ago, um, but now they're they're just kind of saying that we're, you know, the diocese is moving forward, that Archbishop Timothy Doland uh-huh. of New York um, is appointing experts to review the works of Dorothy Day. Right. And um, and this was also, in, and actually it was mentioned that in 2002, uh, 2012, sorry, uh, the U.S. bishops also endorsed this, kind of like right. the, the following through um, to... Um, to review her cause for sainthood. So right now she's a servant of God. So if she moves forward, she would be named uh, venerable. But before all that happens, um, you know, again, there has to be a lot of uh, examination of her works and her life. and It's a long process. But this is good Um, news. Yeah. yeah.
0: So on her way to officially being recognized as a St. Dorothy Day. Yes. Um, thank you, Emily. So a reminder, all, all those images, you can get them at saltonlighttv.org. Also follow us on Twitter or Instagram. I'm sure yes. that there are images there, Salt and Light TV. Um, and you can tune into our daily updates uh, online or on TV in various languages um, at our website, saltonlighttv.org, and also on your Roku channel.
4: Hi, this is Kyle Hyman, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour every week on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129, also on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network, on Holy Family Radio, on the Lamb Catholic Radio, on the Barriga Radio Network, on Relevant Radio, and, of course, on the Internet at saltandlighttv.org, and also on your Roku. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood? with our Hollywood Undercover Missionary, Mark Matthews. Welcome back to the program, Mark.
4: Thank you, Pedro. As always, always a pleasure to be here.
0: As always. So today you have a, a prayer request for us.
4: That's correct. I have an invitation to pray for Charlie Sheen, and okay. because his story, I think, is very similar to that of Saint Augustine. You're gonna think I'm a little crazy, but but hear me out.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I'll hear you out.
4: So so I guess so the main reason I'm inviting people now to pray for Charlie Sheen is that, you know, he recently came out and, you know, revealed that he has AIDS. So uh-huh. so death is on his doorstep, and, it, and this is always, uh, you know, one of the things that kind of tends to draw people to the face. Right. Um, but in particular, him and St. Augustine share a number of similarities. Okay. Um, they grew up in a big city. Uh, St. Augustine grew up in Carthage and Rome, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen. He grew up in Los Angeles. Right. Right. Um, Saint Augustine was upper class. He was descended from the honestoires, uh,
2: uh-huh.
0: which were
4: an uh, uh, upper class of honorable men. Charlie Sheen, son of the celebrity Martin Sheen, which is right. you know pretty much like royalty, you know in this country.
0: Yes, these days. yes.
4: Um, they were both extremely talented speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Saint Augustine was a master of rhetoric. He gave speeches to emperors. Um, And Charlie Sheen has uh, the prestige of being one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood, or at least I think in TV. Not sure the exact stat, but
2: Uh but
4: at one point he was one of the highest paid. Um, And the other thing that's uh, really interesting is they both uh, have or had faithful parents. Uh So Saint Augustine had Saint Monica, who was who prayed unceasingly for her son. Yes, and uh, Martin Sheen, uh, Charlie's father. Uh, is actually kind of quite quite well known as being a Catholic.
2: Yes. Um,
4: you know, back in, like, 1996, you know, he even said, pray for my boy, he has appetites but get him into trouble. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's sort of very Catholic language. Um, and so, you know, I, I think given the timing of, of, you know, his sort of revelation uh, about having AIDS, I think this is a very time, a good time to pray for him. Uh-huh. Um, and... You know, there, I guess there's one other reason that I, I do invite people to pray for him, and and that is that you know his his fall from grace was widely publicized. You know, like it, you know like hanging around with prostitutes and alcohol and cocaine addiction and, and everything like that. Yeah. Um. But how many how many of us kind of watch that kind of going? Look at him, he's falling. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or were we really thinking like, oh, that's a real human being? Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess it's two very different things to watch, you know, who an actor is portraying in a film or a TV show and be entertained by that versus, you know, seeing what's happening to them in real life. And granted, you know, quite often you can't tell the difference between the two sometimes. Right. Um, but, but we really do need to see them as real people. And so if you were one of those people, kind of like myself, you know, that was like, oh, yeah, look at them, Ha, 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 ha. You know, repent. Of, I, I invite you to repent of that. Uh, and for any actor that you know, you might kind of uh, put into that category in your yes, mind and, and yes. pray for them. So,
0: yeah. So you're so inviting. Th- sorry, you're inviting us to repent and to pray for not just Charlie, uh, Charlie Sheen, but for all those uh, actors, celebrities at whose expense we get a cheap laugh.
4: Yes, correct. And 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 I and I do invite people. You know, especially through the intercession of Saint Augustine. To pray for Charlie, mm-hmm. yes, um, and you know, and what's what's kind of interesting too, I think this could um, really you know happen because it, even Martin Sheen, you know, he, he you know had many wayward years from the faith, but it wasn't until he had a heart attack when he was forty, you know, and he said it's always a crisis that brings you back. Yes. So you know, if if this is the pattern of you know how God works in his family, you know, this is something that could really happen. And and can you imagine like a couple hundred years from now we had Saint Charlie Sheen? you
0: know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be interesting
4: yeah yeah we laugh but
0: we do yeah is, i know this is,
4: this is the kind of stuff that god does it, absolutely not, yeah it takes people's yeah. lives and completely turns them around
0: no you're making me feel bad at the fact that we laugh because it seems so <laughs> ridiculous but that's exactly what you're calling us to do is like why why do we laugh because i mean we we go every you know the that expression every every sinner has a future well yeah yes absolutely and we use saint augustine To as an example of how every sinner has a future. So then, what's wrong with someone who's so publicly sinful? Can I say that?
4: Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. And and sorry, the other thing I didn't mention too is that you know Saint Augustine had you know a very sinful life. You know, multiple mistresses and whatnot. And so so yeah, they they share a lot of similarities.
0: Yes, yes. Wasn't it Saint Augustine who said, "Make me chaste, Lord, but not yet." (laughs) That's right. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much uh, uh, for this uh, something good that could be happening in Hollywood, which is a lot of people praying for the likes of Charlie Sheen. Saint to be Charlie Sheen. Correct. Thank you very much, Mark.
4: You're welcome. Always a pleasure to be here.
0: There you have it. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him on Twitter at HUMissionary. Hi,
5: this is Lorraine Hess. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: How are you going to spend the next five minutes of your time? How about listening in, meeting a fascinating person, and learning something relevant that will broaden your perspective? Sit down with Sebastian Gomes and go straight to the heart of the matter. Here's Connect Five. Today, Sebastian speaks with the Executive Director of the Heritage Program for the St. John's Bible, the first handwritten and illuminated Bible in centuries. Jim Triggs speaks on the legacy of the St. John's Bible.
6: Jim Triggs, the Executive Director of the Heritage Program for the St. John's Bible. That's a mouthful. That's, <laughs> That's a right. mouthful. It yeah. certainly is. From Collegeville, Minnesota, where the Saint the home of the St. John's Bible. Uh, obviously the 1st the handwritten, hand hand-illuminated Bible commissioned by a Benedictine Abbey in some 400 years. An incredible work of art. Uh, welcome to and Life. Oh, it's great
7: to be here. It's a real pleasure and an honor, so thanks for having me.
6: You're in charge of the Heritage Program, which is uh, basically a group of, of copies of the Bible, but they're not just sort of printed copies. They're almost works of art in themselves. Tell us about the the Heritage
7: project. Yeah, it really really ties directly to the mission of the project. So the mission from the get-go was to ignite the spiritual imagination of people around the world. At the end of the day, St. John's is a small liberal arts university in the middle of Minnesota in Lake Wobegon. How do you reach the world with a single manuscript that's done by hand? And that was just that was talked about early in the project and so Donald Jackson was very involved in the idea of making fine art editions that were true to the artistic intent of the original that could be placed with institutions and people around the world that would then share them with their community. So that if you live in Europe or Asia or Africa or different parts of the United States, you don't have to uh, beat a path to central Minnesota to see the St. John's Bible. Now, the, the original Bible is obviously, uh, you know,
6: everything's written and hand illuminated on the, the calfskin vellum using these ancient uh, manuscript writing techniques and everything. The Heritage Edition is a little bit different than that, but it's still quite a complicated process. So, so what are you getting, what are you holding when, when, you're, when you're looking at and touching and reading the Heritage Edition?
7: Well, in, in all aspects of the aesthetics, Donald wanted to be true to the original. So for instance, the paper that was used, rather than using calfskin vellum like the original, we used 100% cotton paper, and the cotton paper has a certain weight that mimics vellum. Um, he wanted to use real illuminations, gold and silver illuminations on this, so it's truly an illuminated Bible. Um, one of the ironies of the project is that Donald used medieval tools to create the original manuscript. We use actually very state-of-the-art tools. So uh, the, we used this Heidelberg press that had been, had been developed shortly before the project started and it had these very, very high-tech printing capabilities that made these vibrant colors come to life on this cotton paper. Um, But we also used some hand operations. So for instance, on the original, Donald would put down gold on top of colors and then sand away the gold so the colors would come through and there was no way to really automate that. So he had Sarah Harris, who worked in the studio in Wales, come to Minnesota and she actually hand treated these in both the Heritage Edition and the Apostles Edition to make it true to the original.
6: Now, uh, one of the one of the copies of the Heritage edition uh, is actually just up the street from us here at Salt and Light at, at Regis College, the Jesuit College, they have one. Uh, how did it end up there and uh, you know, is it the only place in Canada that, that we see one of the one of the Bibles?
7: No, we're thrilled that Regis was actually the first spot here in Canada that received a Heritage edition and there's a benefactor in the states that gave it to Regis. Regis has done fantastic things by the way in terms of outreach to churches in the greater Toronto area further west. Uh, saint mary's university college in calgary which is a small catholic college in alberta in calgary alberta um, has done some phenomenal programming with it as well they actually have an outreach where you can get a certification in fine arts um, through their program in calgary so we're really thrilled with that and then finally the most recent one is uh, bishop remy derue bishop remy derue i think he's the last english-speaking bishop that was one of the council fathers in the Vatican. That's
6: right, a young bishop at the time. Young bishop at the there. time, yeah, yeah.
7: and uh, as a matter of fact, he was recently at the canonization of John XXIII and John Paul II, and he was sitting in a wheelchair because he needed a little help getting around, and he had one of the Vatican II rings on, and Pope Francis passed, saw the ring, and Pope Francis got on his knee and kissed his ring, which was a great thrill for uh, Bishop Remy DeRoux. Uh but Remy is now 91, but on his 90th birthday, he had a, he said, he, w- he went around British Columbia and said, I want to have a Bible for my 90th birthday, but not just any Bible, I want the St. John's Bible. <laughs> and his idea was the University of Victoria has this great religion and science, center for religion and science, and the idea is this dialogue between religion and science and the religion from all denominations, and uh, raise the money so that they could acquire it. And so now it's now part of a permanent fixture at University of Victoria.
0: That was Sebastian Gomes speaking with Jim Triggs director of the heritage program for the saint john's bible you can watch this and more interviews at saltonlighttv.org slash connect five and also on our roku channel coming up in our second half hour secrets from a crabby mystic and a featured chat with father rob gallia so don't go anywhere Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Are you ever crabby, grouchy, grumpy? Do you ever feel that you are so stressed that you cannot access the blessings that come with a happy heart? Sister Mary Leah Hill suggests that you pray with the Beatitudes. Her latest book is titled, Blessed Are the Stressed, Secrets to a Happy Heart from a Crabby Mystic. And it promises to help you discover the blessings hidden in the ups and downs of daily life through the Beatitudes. To find out more, I spoke with Sister Mary Leah Hill earlier this week. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you. So, I mean, I want to talk, of course, about the Beatitudes. But first, I have to ask you about being a Crabby Mystic.
5: <laughs> well, that's um, it. Just kind of evolved as my Twitter handle. Okay, but in thinking, <laughs> but I'm thinking about it. It's where I am between nature and grace. Uh huh. By nature, I'm a crab, and then we're called to be a little better than that. So not a, not the old time mystics with the visions, but the mystics that are seeking the Lord and open to Him.
0: And, and and when you say that you're a crab. Because you sound nice
5: Well, you know (laughs) But by nature We're supposed to overcome nature We're supposed to try to doll it up a little bit with grace
0: So are you saying that most of us by nature Are more crab-like than we are mystic-like
5: Well, we probably have Well, not necessarily crabby But some people have other other things We call them the predominant defects Yes The thing that does never go away
0: That's right So so if most people are, you know, I mean, we're trying to overcome our nature and trying to be a little, a little more blessed, a little more holy, do you think that this is the kind of approach, this book that you've put together with these little reflections, are, are more for the, the regular person that is struggling with their spiritual life?
5: Oh, yes. Yeah, I wrote it for you know, just normal people who wouldn't be reading some big theological tome but just want to get a li- uh, some insights into uh, the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount.
0: Right. And, and of course, the title, blessed, blessed are the Stressed, or Blessed are the Stressed, again, because a lot of people, at least in North America anyway, are we're just running <laughs> around and we're stressed all the time. And you're saying that yeah. even though we're in that sort of rat race, we can still find opportunities for blessing and for being blessed.
5: Yes. In fact... Um, I think the Beatitudes are one of the best ways of dealing with stress. If we could get a handle on what Jesus means by these these blessings, then uh, we would have some ammunition against stress.
0: Right. Okay, so, so then what— uh, maybe for people who haven't seen the book, I have it here in front of me. So you've done— um, when I first thought, I thought, oh, okay, she's taken each of the Beatitudes and done a little— ref-, but you haven't done that. There are lots of little reflections— Almost, almost one for every day, not quite every day of the year, but certainly for 80 days of the year, um, mm-hmm. uh, on, on different aspects of the Beatitudes, correct?
5: Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, there might be like six on each Beatitude, and then there's some on blessing, and some on the rest of the sermon, where Jesus applies what he said to some of the, especially to commandments.
0: Right. So so explain to me why you chose to to have this approach rather than doing maybe a longer reflection on each beatitude, for example.
5: Well, because I think a lot of people are looking for something shorter, at least when they come in our book centers. Right. Many people want something that they can digest in a shorter period of time, not so much to material to have to reflect on. Right. They want something that they can bite off and and swallow whole.
0: <laughs> right, and so you, you, and, and it is the kind of thing that I could do maybe one a day, or do you suggest that I sort of... or that, that I don't have to do them in order, for example? I can just well, kind of open up wherever and read it? Is that the idea?
5: Oh, oh yes. Uh-huh. You can read any one of them. They're complete in themselves. You know, There's a, a reflection, a little piece of Scripture, and then a section called And You, which is yes. what the reader can do to um, make it their own.
0: Yeah, and I love the idea—I'll uh, get to the and you section in a, in a little bit, but I love the idea that—so even though you're talking about the Beatitudes, which it, it, which are Scripture, you're still giving other Scripture references that we can look at. Yes. but yeah, I
5: tried to find some that that fit that particular aspect of the Beatitudes.
0: Right, without, without making a real obvious connection that I also like, that you're sort of letting— even though you're sharing something that obviously is has been a personal discovery for you, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. you're also yeah. letting it kind of be a personal discovery for me at the same time.
5: Yes, uh-huh. And yeah. we're hoping that that happens.
0: <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you come up with some of these. So you have, for example, I'm looking at the, I guess the second one, Woe is Me.
5: Oh. Uh. Now, that one's because we have two different versions of the Beatitudes. Yes. We have a, Matthew has these nice, blessed are, and the reward, and then uh, St. Luke does some of them, and then he turns the last four into woe. And um, I, I was think, trying to think of why he did that, but it's almost like my example here about riding a horse. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, the horse will take off of you, and the first thing that we say is woe, and we should think of that as, Let's take a moment, slow down and, and and try to understand what Jesus meant with his beatitude. Yeah. So he's giving us like a little warning in a nice way.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, you're right. Because so Luke writes Whoa, woe w o E, but you're talking yeah. about the horse, woe w H O A. Whoa. W-H-O-A. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um it's great. Now so the the and you section, so every so a little reflection just to give people an idea. So for example, that one is titled Woe Is Me and then you explain a little bit about the two versions Luke and, and Matthew and then you share your reflection scripture passage and the scripture passage in this case is a psalm and then you have the and you section that you mentioned earlier so uh, so this is some so is it your hope then that i could take your reflection and then maybe pray with it somehow
5: yes uh huh you know, pray this one particularly um suggests prayer sometimes it's just something we could do something we can think about but usually, this the thought of the beatitudes brings us to prayer. I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's One sort of a, you can almost not think about prayer when you're thinking about beatitudes.
0: Absolutely, and and holiness too. Uh, that, that's the other thing yes. that that I'm thinking. I, I we think that you know nuns and priests and you know they can be holy, but not me. <laughs> right. That's
5: a lot. It's, it's difficult even for priests and sisters. Yes. <laughs> As you know, and deacons. Um, it's yeah, and deacons, you know it's meant to be difficult in a sense, I mean because we're uh, we're striving for something,
2: you know yeah. this is
5: part of the of uh, my approach to stress anyways, is that it's not necessarily all negative, you know we need Saint Paul's always talking about straining and stressing and being pushed and pulled, you know toward holiness. And mm-hmm. because if we were left by ourselves, we probably wouldn't wouldn't have any interest at all. That God has to kind of stretch us toward it.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that, and uh, that that it's an, that it requires effort. Um, the other thing that interested me, and you mentioned it as well, is so that you're not just looking at the Beatitudes, but you continue looking at the Sermon of the Mount. And sometimes we, I think, a lot of people don't make the connection that it's part of the same. Sermon, the part mm. so you talk about. So tell me a little bit about why you wanted to include that section.
5: Well, because there's a lot of important material there that we don't necessarily think about. I, I, I guess I meet a lot or read about a lot of people who, you know, they might take the Beatitudes, but then they revert back to ideas of the Old Testament. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and they don't realize that Jesus, um, he gave us a little more tweaking even of the commandments, you know, he has his famous thing is, you've been told this, but I say to you. Yes, yes. You know, and we we need to spend a little time thinking about those.
0: Yeah, those are good, because here he's, this is, that's when I always think that he's not doing, when he says, I'm not doing away with the law, but I'm bringing it to fulfillment, so he gives us, so you have a section called, after the Beatitudes, you have, of course, the one we like here at Salt and Light, is called Salt of the Earth and Light of the World, um, righteousness, anger, adultery, swearing, love of neighbors. Because Jesus talks about all those things. You've heard it say yeah. that you shouldn't commit adultery, but I say blah blah blah. For example, um, maybe yeah. maybe in closing again, I'm intrigued by what you said that that the beatitudes are the best way to deal with stress. Why is that?
5: Well, because they're tell- they're promising us blessing, which is um, when we that's what we're aiming for is. The Beatitude, which is God. And um, these are ways of imitating the Beatitude that came to live among us, the, the Incarnation. This is his uh, explanation of life, in a sense, how to be uh, prepared for God. And um, these are, if you, if you look at them, they're all just pieces of holiness. And it, it's because we like to live on bullet points. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> we can't really absorb the whole thing all at once. So these are our ways of, um, of overcoming um, this life, which is a lot of the source of our negative stress. Or when we're not paying attention to God, we're all self-centered, or we're so worried about various things that are happening. Right. But uh, Jesus is telling us, you know, try this, try being meek, try being hungry for what God wants. Yeah. You know, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing a little bit of this and a little bit of your crabbiness with us. Um, and so anyone who's listening, who feels stressed or feels like they're crabby all the time or that they there's too much going on, this is a great book for you. the The beat, Obviously, open your Bible and read the Beatitudes and pray the Beatitudes, but if you want a little more help with that, this is a great book. Blessed are the stressed, Secrets to a Happy Heart from a Crabby Mystic by Sister Mary Leah Hill. Sister, thank you so much for writing the book and for sharing a little bit about about it with us today.
5: Thank you, Deacon.
0: Sister Mary Leah Hill is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. She's a seasoned author and editor and has written dozens of books, including Prayer and You, Wit and Wisdom from a Crabby Mystic. Her latest book is Blessed Are the Stressed, Secrets to a Happy Heart from a Crabby Mystic, published by Pauline Books and Media. You can learn more at pauline.org, and you can follow Sister Leah at Crabby Mystic. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Father Robert Gallia, with the title track of his newest album, Something About You.
3: There's something about you That comes my weary soul There's something about you Chills me from the cold There's something about you That changes everything There's something about you That makes me wanna say my knees there's something about you that makes...
0: That was Father Robert Gallia with something about you from his album of the same name. Last we heard from Father Rob Gallia about a year ago, he was working on an acoustic album, which we've been listening to, and also on a dance album. Father Rob has been making music and working with young people in Australia for many years. We met him first during World Youth Day in Sydney in 2008. In the last year, as well as working with Stronger, which is the diocesan youth program, and writing and recording music, he was also a participant on the popular reality TV program X Factor. So it's good to have connected with Father Rob while he was in California in February in 2016. Father Rob, so good to have you back on the program.
8: And yeah, so good to be here. I always love and look forward to meeting up with the And sticking to the Salt and Light crew.
0: Yes, I know, and and we always think, you know, it's telephone. I could call you in Australia, but the time difference just doesn't work for me. So it's good that you're in North America, so that at least we can uh, we can be in more or less on the same time zone.
8: Exactly. Yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic to be here. Okay. So
0: last time you uh, and you actually were here in the Salt and Light studio with me, but last time we spoke, you were working on a dance album or doing some dance remixes of some of your songs, and I never heard anything else, so what happened with that?
8: Yes, so I've been working on a few tracks um, with a record company called, uh, called the Ministry of Sound. They're yeah. a big uh, Australian based company, international okay. company. Um, I got, um, I've recorded about five or six tracks so far, but the problem with dance or EDM music yeah. is that it dates so quickly. Uh,
2: so, yes. um, I
8: sit in the studio, I go there, I work on some tracks, I record music. By the time I get to release it after some tour or another, the producer says, Nah, it's the beats are out of date. We have to start again. That's amazing. And I just keep missing the boat like that. So I've released two songs so far, but they're more light. They're lighter dan- dance tracks.
0: Right. So, and are these songs that you're writing specifically for this style, or are you remixing some of your your previous compositions?
8: I have one song that I've written purposely for um, for, for a, a dance track, and yeah. um, that will be released in North America in April. It's it's ready and has been released in in Australia. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll release that in America and um, Canada just as I suppose late April. So that's that's written um, literally. It's for nightclubs. So it's it's a song about. The song is called Breakthrough, and it's a song about persevering in prayer. Uh And I'm just looking forward, I suppose, to seeing or hearing of teenagers in clubs dancing to this music. Um, And I think it's a a beautiful, profound prayer. Yeah, uh,
0: that's fascinating because, uh, I mean, I remember you telling me about this uh, and me thinking, yeah, wouldn't it be great, you know, kids in the nightclub and they're maybe dancing to this and not realizing, or maybe they do realize, I don't know, if they listen to the lyrics, they might not realize that they're actually praying. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Now, um, so that's Breakthrough, and the other one you said was, uh, is, uh, well, you told me earlier, Alive? It, yes, is so I,
8: what I did uh, was I released uh, also in Australia, um, but it's uh, available on iTunes uh, around North America too, um, a song called Alive. And there's an acoustic version of the song and a remix version. Right. And, and the remix version was released on radio stations around Australia.
0: Right, and that it's the same purpose. You're hoping that they play it in a nightclub, or is it? It's, it's
8: not as hard. It's not, it's as, not as hard as a nightclub music, but it's it's sort of, um, sort of kind of a dance track that you would dance to in say, so to speak, in the car while you're driving.
0: Interesting, interesting. Now, the other thing that I and I, I know because I I mean we keep in touch, but so you were in the X Factor in in That's Australia. Right. So for people, yeah, so, in, so just quickly for people in Canada and in North America that maybe don't know what the X Factor is, can yes. you tell us?
8: So the X Factor is a a show airs across America and um, Australia, yeah. and it's a it's a show which gathers talent. So people sort of audition to them, you know, like you have the uh, the Master Chef and yes. all, all these shows which talk about uh, About talent, but this is focused on music, so you go there and they look for a person who has the x factor, something that ah. maybe no one else has something that is that is marketable, something that is sellable in a sense
2: uh-huh.
8: and um something that can impact the lives of people and so this is what i did i I went for the audition in in a big auditorium um <laughs> five thousand people, and just audition then i got got through I got five there are five judges I got five yeses from all the judges yeah. and I did the boot camp, I did the,
2: really? the
8: the series, the 2015 series but a quarter of the way through I decided to leave the show. Uh-huh. So I wasn't kicked out of it, I just uh, decided to leave and I think it would come simply from the fact that I was surrounded by people who were just had so much talent and were so amazing but they all wanted something more. Mm-hmm. They all wanted to be more, they all were dissatisfied in a sense with whom the, whom they were. And I started to think about this now I 'm not like this, I love being a priest. I mm. love serving. God, through youth ministry, I love touring, yes. I love what I do, I don't need anything more. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the judges on television, I asked them um, if it was okay that I leave, and I, I left the show Yeah. a quarter of the way through.
0: Well, can I ask you a couple things about that? Because, I mean, I got 10,000 questions. So first yeah. of all, how did you, I mean, do you you needed permission from your bishop to go and, and audition for the show?
8: Yeah. Yes. I. I rather than there's no law that says those priests auditioning for the X Factor <laughs> must seek permission. But no, I but I mean you're, that's not I your... did seek permission before I went on national television. I just informed the bishop. I said, "This is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think?" And he supported me all the way. the The national bishops' conference supported me.
0: And so, were you thinking that it would be? This is an opportunity to evangelize. Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
8: Absolutely. You see, um, I, I suppose all around the world, the, the priesthood is, and the ca- castle, uh, Catholic, the Catholic priesthood in yeah. particular is just seen um, a, a, in such a negative light. And for I think it was just a beautiful, small impact for the Church and for, for Australia to see the priest yeah. out, uh, out of that negative light, out of the negative press.
0: Absolutely. And, and when you were doing the boot camp, I mean, you, you said that all the other contestants were searching. I mean, what Absolutely. a great opportunity for you to, did you end up having to do some priestliness, yes. you know? Every day, was.
8: Yeah. I, I lived there for about four weeks, and every day was was an opportunity to to evangelize. Yeah. There, there were all types of, of people on the show. There were transvestites, there were and people who had religious conviction, there were people who um, lived all sorts of li- lifestyles. And yeah. I took every opportunity. And I was wearing my collar throughout the, the yeah. show, and people were coming asking me. Some people didn't know what it was. Well, right. why are you were uh, dressed like this? Why are you in fancy dress? And, and so I, it gave me so much opportunity to speak about the faith. Right. And just before... We went on on show on for our next competition one after the other. I would always say I lift my hand. I say, listen, guys, I'm going to that corner and I'm going to pray. Huh. Anyone want to join me? Can join me. And That's we'd have great. prayer meetings and we'd have prayer. Um, people who. All, of all walks of life would gather together and pray and turn to God before they went for this that's, competition, that's and great. it was wonderful—a great opportunity.
0: That's great. So I know that okay, that <laughs> that's unusual, but uh, that's uh, great that you were able to do that. You're still touring. I know that you are going to be in, you're in North America now, but you're going to be in Europe, in India. I know you're going to Krakow World Youth Day. I hope to see you there. Um, okay. You continue. You are the priest in charge of youth ministry in your diocese, correct? That's right. So is that your main focus now, the music and the youth ministry?
8: Yes. So I I focus on our youth ministry, which is called Stronger Youth, uh-huh. and I minister to uh, to teenagers. So I, I spend most of my time visiting schools, evangelizing. So I see myself sort of as a kind of evangelist where I go right. around and I speak about the love of God. I get to speak to about 200,000 teenagers every year. Um, in our schools, particularly, and in um, the major parts across Australia, uh-huh. so it's um, a great—it's uh, a just a great privilege, so humbling. And and uh, honestly, whenever I say this, I'm just I'm moved because uh, I just look just ten, fifteen years back, where I was such an introvert, a shy yeah. person, and a, a depressed person, and an ang- anxious person. And mm-hmm. today, I get to do this and to give hope.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely. And and incredible. I guess it, it's a perfect match. With your music too, that you can use the music right. and your witness, and you have a great story, and you're reaching young people. So, does that mean that you're not in a parish, or you're also as well in a parish?
8: I am in a parish, so I live in a parish, and on, on the weekends I serve right um, mass, and I celebrate mass every day, um, and and even sort of I, I carry a ma- masket wherever I go. So yes. I'll, yeah. Um, but yes, I I do. I am part of base. In a parish, and I supply and help there whenever whenever right. I'm
0: around okay now the last uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your last album, the acoustic album, something about you yeah um, beautiful album, and we've been listening to some music from that from that album uh, during the show but uh what's new what's next for you anything else coming down the pipes
8: so i'm here um, in California at the moment at the re I'm LA Congress, and yes. I'm, I'm working here, and I'm also working with some publishers, hopefully to work on some kind of curriculum for schools, Oh yeah, this is in, my, in my, on my heart at the moment, you know, just to, to bring the faith alive, even during religious education classes during schools, particularly in Catholic schools, and I'm just trying to think of ways, and creative and musical and video and audio, just ways to, to connect. The, what they are learning to their own personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So this is the area I'm working on now. Again, evangelization through um, curriculum.
0: Okay, that's exciting. Actually, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that once it it develops. Uh, th- 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 so good to talk to you, Rob. Um, uh, sorry that I'm going to miss you when you're in Canada, but uh, but I know that you're going to come back, so we'll we'll try to connect. And who knows, maybe I'll well, I'll see you in Krakow, but maybe I'll see you in Australia. Yeah. One day. Absolutely. All You're right. always welcome. Thank you. Okay, take care. God bless.
8: You too. Thank you.
0: That was a conversation I had with Father Rob Galia earlier this year. You can learn more about Father Rob at his website, Father F R fatherrobgalia.com. And I spoke to him in February 2016. Here now is Father Rob with that uh, new dance single he was telling us about, Breakthrough. listening to Father Rob Galia with his new dance single, Breakthrough, currently being heard in nightclubs all over Australia. And that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. And that's also where we post links to all our artists or guests. And remember to send us comments on what you heard on this program. Remember to send us your haiku prayers. I'm looking forward to receiving many so we can share them on the air. And the best way to do that is through Facebook, Deacon Pedro, or Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for listening. May you continue having a blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.